0: I thought that it would be a good question to ask, Uh, what in the world is a good dad anyway? What is a good father? You know, we have a song that we actually sing now, You're a Good, Good Father. You know that song? And we sing that song, You're a Good Father. I find, as a father myself, uh, that I have asked that question myself. What is a good father? Have you asked it if you're a father? You know, am I a good father? What would a good father look like? I'm sure that the dads in this room have asked the question. And even if you aren't a dad, you've probably asked the question anyway because you have a dad or you had a dad if they're out of the picture or passed away or something. I mean, it's a great question to ask. Uh, And I think a very confusing question to ask today because now we're not real sure what we are. Now we're, we're even redetermining what gender is, right? So, so uh, what's a father? Well, I guess to be a father, one has to be a male to be a father, but we're not really sure about that anymore, so that makes us unsure of what a father is, or maybe what a mother is, and You know, well, is a father a biological father or is a father a stepfather or is a father, you know, test tube baby father or what's, I don't, it's so confusing today and we've kind of lost our bearings as a culture to the point where we're in, we're in kind of panic about a basic question. What is a good father? So I thought I would have fun with this today in lieu of the fact that it is Father's Day and in lieu of the fact that we meet in a movie theater and in lieu of the fact that in six months time, another Star Wars movie is going to be released. Episode, what is it? Nine? Plus the other two movies there. So you got 11 movies. And you know, this Star Wars has the most famous now and most notorious father of all time. He, he's on the screen. And I figure most of you who are dads probably know a little bit about him. So I thought I would just refresh your memory a little bit Uh, as we take a look at this clip. I think it's from about 1982. less resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed as all we want <laughs> She is far from somewhere. Come me. It's the only way. Oh, You got to see what happens next, right? So how many of you remember that? How many of you have seen that more than once? How many of you have seen it more than 100 times? Yeah, be honest, right? <laughs> so that is like the most famous father kind of scene, like probably in cinematic history, okay? You're talking about now it's going to be 11 movies, 42 years, nine and a half billion dollars in revenue just from movie sales. Forget about all the Darth Vader Statues and toys and bobbleheads and whatever else they have that's Darth Vader, right? So I thought I would use him as an example uh, and try and answer this question. Uh, am I a good father? What is a good father? Those of you watching on Facebook, you just missed the clip. The best clip in Star Wars history. I am your father from, what was it? Empire Strikes Back? Right? Oh, you guys. it Wasn't it Empire Strikes Back? Or, yes? Okay, good. Do you, do, do you know what I'm talking about when I say Star Wars? Okay, because if not, I'll switch the message. All right, so I wanted to give you just three, three little really simple basic things. Uh, they relate to dads, yes, but they relate to moms as well. And I think that dads struggle in these areas are really, really basic. So you, you want to be a good father. If you're shooting for these three things, you're, you're on good ground, okay? And I'm going to pick one, Old, Old, Old Testament passage and a couple passages from the New Testament, all right? The first one is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, really old, okay? This is whatever it is, 3,500-year-old text, very famous passage of Scripture. I'm just going to read it to you, and we're, we're going to pick through it a little bit. Uh, this is Moses writing to the children of Israel. They're on their way out of Egypt. They're on their way into the land of Canaan, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. These are the commands, the decrees and laws. The Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing. Uh, the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children, so he's talking to parents here, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, And so that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. And then he gets into this little passage here. Amazing application for us. I mean, you know, three and a half millennia later. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I'll pause for a second. For Jewish people, that's a very, very famous passage. They call that the Shema, after the first word there. Hear, O Israel. Uh, I'll, say it, I'll say it for you in Hebrew, okay? So it's, uh, it's Shema Israel, uh, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. That's how you say it in Hebrew. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands, and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses, and on your gates. Number one principle for you dads, quality time with your children. Really basic, really basic, quality time with your children. I came across an article while researching this, and um, uh, this is a a guy in a church, and he's talking to a bunch of his friends. Uh, They all have children, and they all have daughters. And he asks them a question. If you could change anything about fathering your daughter, what would it be? Some of them have daughters in their household, some of them are grandfathers, and these are the responses, real life responses from real life dads in a church context. This is what they said. I would praise them more, especially telling them more often how beautiful they are to me. I would love and honor and respect their mother in a better way in front of my daughters. That's a good one. I want them to see a better example of what it means for a husband to love his wife. I've often fallen short in that area. Uh, Another one. If I could go back and correct anything with raising my daughters, I would do two things better be more consistently intentional with them in terms of the content of our conversations. And I would earlier on measure everything I saw in them and for them against the kingdom of God. Wow, that's deep. Here's another one. I would spend more time with them as they were growing up and not so much time working. Another one. I, would, I wish I could have figured out a way that when I talk to them about their relationships with God that I didn't come across like I was giving a lecture. Another one, I I could and should be more of a spiritual leader. Another one, the one thing, uh, one change I am making is by spending more relaxed one-on-one time with my daughters. Meeting them on their turf and doing activities that they enjoy. My wife does this well, but I've got a lot of growing to do in this area. Here's the last one. Although time is flying by, thankfully, I still have a chance to improve. I think one thing is more one-on-one time. Dad-daughter dates, as he calls them, to foster talks. Also, uh, or as part of that, to have more meaningful conversation. Doesn't matter if you have sons or daughters. Time, 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 quality time. Doesn't matter how, you can buy them all the stuff you want. You can give them all the gadgets, all the trinkets, all the screens you want. You know what they do with those screens after they get bored of them? You got to buy them a new screen. Six months after, there's a new screen out right? After the Apple 10, there'll the, be an Apple 15. You know what I mean? Like it's just You just have to keep on doing it. But you know what they really will remember you for? It's time. It's quality time that, that you spend with them. And sometimes, granted, you're going to spend a little bit of money while you're doing that quality time, but it really isn't all that expensive to spend time with your children. This is a major regret that dads have. I didn't spend enough quality time. Look at the passage. So he says, Moses, to the people, talk about those commands. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. So there's an assumption there that they talk to their children There's an assumption that they have conversation with their kids. It's assumed in the text when you sit at home. In other words, you actually sit at home. You say, well, this is 3,000 year old culture. Well, do you not sit at home with your kids? Are you so busy that you never sit down? And talk with your kids. No interruptions, no screens, no this, no that. Just you and your kids. You sit down and you talk to them. Uh, When you walk along the road, that, that implies that they're traveling somewhere. They're walking somewhere. They're going somewhere. They're on a journey together. You take those moments and that's when you talk to them, he says, about the things of God. But it's assumed that you're talking, it's assumed that you're sitting, it's assumed that you're walking. Uh, when you lie down, presumably when you put your child to bed, when, they, when you get up, presumably when you wake your child up, those are kind of tender moments that you have with your kids. They're vulnerable in those moments. So what's Moses saying? He's saying, You've, you, you have to spend quality time with your kids. Now, he assumed that it was being done, but I don't know that we can make the same assumption today because we're so busy, and sometimes our kids are so busy, everybody's running to and fro and spinning like little tops that nobody has time to, hey, when's the last time you sat down and talked to your kid? When's the last time you walked along the road with them? When's the last time you just hung out with your child? Without running to go buy all the trinkets for them, when's the last time you just spent quality time with them? There is a video a couple of weeks ago that went ballistically viral and made the news shows, uh, the cable news network, and all this stuff. I want you to take a look at this. Okay, it's it's really funny. you understand it, though? No. No. OK. okay. Come on. Oh, no. Not no, this one. This one. This one. OK, do I ask? Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I don't know what they're going to do next season, because they're going to get some stuff this time. No, we're going to it Exactly, right? No. It's Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Don't break that end. You know what I'm saying? Don't do the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Like, go somewhere else. That don't break here, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. you like, know you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what in the world? Don't do it either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Really? How about the same (laughs) thing? We take a lot of light, huh? That's crazy. Right. (laughs) It's cute, isn't it? Um, and that's a, that's a, the, I forget the fellow's name, those of you watching on Facebook, it's the dad and the son having the conversation, it's all over the place, and he's a, he's a stand-up comedian actually, and his, his kid is a real chatterbox, as you can see, I don't think he has a clue what he's saying, but he's a real chatterbox, and so he, they started this conversation, and he said to his wife, get the camera. So it was really impromptu. But what is he doing there? We, we, we relate to it and we laugh and we giggle. But what is he doing? He's doing what we want to do. He's spending time with his little kid, having a blast. They're sitting down on the couch, watching some TV finale or whatever. He's engaged with his little boy. Little boy doesn't know what he's talking about, but there's there's a bonding that's happening there, and that's quality time. You say, well, he's not talking to him about the Bible. Okay, okay, we'll get there in a second. But the time that he's spending with that child, that is what we want to be doing as dads. And that's why we relate to the video, uh, and that's why the video probably went viral. So back to Darth Vader for a second. Uh, Vader, if you want to ask the question about Darth Vader, the most notorious father villain of all time, well, if you know the story, he spends no time with his kids, right? You guys are laughing in the front row, but think about it. He spent no time with his kids. And if you know the story, uh, as Anakin Skywalker is, you know, starting to, to can contemplate turning to the dark side in order to save his, his, uh, the love of his life, uh, Padme Amadella, is that her name? because he has a vision that she's going to die in childbirth or whatever and so he thinks that going to the dark side is somehow going to give him the power to stop the thing from happening blah 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 and he's turning to the dark side and everything it all comes true and he turns into this bad guy darth vader and the the mother protects the two kids you know luke skywalker and princess leia and hides them and so darth vader never spends any time with his kids and Don't be a Darth Vader dad. There's a lot of Darth Vader dads. Okay? They don't they spend no time with their kids. Busy running around. I mean, I've met families where the dad is gone like most of the year. Traveling this, this kind of job, this kind of job. They say, well, I can't do it any other way. This is the only way to do it. Really? It's the only way to do it. I remember the story of uh, those of you who know Dr. James Dobson um, from the U.S. Very, very uh, leader, ran a, a ministry for decades called Focus in the Family, still involved in that kind of thing. I remember the story that James Dobson tells about his own father. And his father was an evangelist back in the day. The traveling evangelist used to be a big thing. And so his father was a successful evangelist. And Dobson tells a story of how his father uh, you know, was on the road all the time. And as he was growing into adolescence and stuff, he turned into quite the rebellious guy. And uh, he, would, he would really give his mom a lot of trouble. And, you know, things were starting to go off the deep end. And he, and he tells the time of when he remembers his mother picking up the phone and calling his father who was on the road. And saying to his father, I need you home now. And his father dropped everything, left the evangelist circuit in which he was very successful, came home, stayed at home. Pastored a, a very small little country church for the rest of his ministry so that he could spend time with his son. And his son, very influential and very respected uh, in the whole. In the whole context of family and healthy marriages and parenting and all this kind of stuff. Why? Because his dad said, you know what? I don't have to be on the road all the time. I can sacrifice. I can take a pay cut. I can do whatever I have to do to spend quality time with my son. You only get one shot at it, my friends. Don't be a Darth Vader dad. Number two. A spiritual influence is what you want to leave. You're you're going to influence your kids, whether you realize it or not. You are an automatic influence to your children. The question is, are you a spiritual influence to your children? Again, Deuteronomy, impress them. So impress those commands on your children talk about them those commands the 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 laws of God tie them write them they still do it in Jewish culture today there's a thing that they they tie around their arm and they have a little box that they actually put on their foreheads uh, that's out of this passage uh, this is called a phylactery in the New Testament. If you see the, the, the word there in the Gospels, that's what it's referring to. But the idea is you are called to be a spiritual influence on your children. And this goes to dads and moms, but of course we're focusing on the dads a little bit more today. So you're, you're going to be an influence whether you like it or not. The question is, are you going to be a spiritual influence? You see, and, there, and there's, there's dads and they say, that's so intimidating to me because I don't even know where I'm at spiritually. And how can I be a spiritual influence to my children? Okay, well, you've just answered your own question. Start with yourself. If you grow your own pursuit and your own relationship with the Lord, guess what's going to happen kind of by the process of osmosis? Your kids are going to be interested in the same thing. Because they're going to hear you. They're going to watch you. They're going to see you. And they're going to wonder why is that important to dad? Why, what, what is it about that that's so important to dad? Maybe that's worth something. Maybe that's of value. When they see it in you, when they see it and hear it and watch it displayed in you, then they're going to start to wonder they're going to start to emulate they're going to start to think that it's maybe worth something but you are leaving your mark behind whatever it is the question is what mark you say well i don't know what to do i don't know how to start again grow your own walk with god so really basic things dads um if you hate church your kids will hate church too So if every time you go to church on Sunday morning, or every time we, you know, this church, every time we're doing some church thing, an event, a group, or whatever, or whatever, and your attitude is negative, 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 guess what your kids are going to think of church? And guess what's going to happen when your kids get old enough to make their own decisions? (laughs) Bye-bye church, right? So if they see that it means something to you, and that it's a positive thing in your life, they're going to want the same thing. Really basic things. Dad's like, when you come to church and when you're, when, you're, when you're with this group of believers, that's what church is, is a group of people. What's your attitude like? What are you doing? You know, I see some dads, and, and uh, I won't pick on anybody here. I'll just say in a general sense, but this is common for dads across the board in evangelical circles. Uh, when the song service is on, the dads are waiting for it to end. <laughs> They're saying, good grief, if I, sing, if I sing another song about love this and love that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scream. And the dads are like, just get it over with. They're looking at their watch, or anything like this, you know, they might go like that a little bit. And you know what happens? The, the, the kid sees that. And the kid says, wow, this is fairly uninteresting. Uh, but if the dad is engaged and the dad is worshiping, the dad is participating, the dad is volunteering, and the dad is positive about the experience, guess what happens? The kid says, oh, maybe this is worth following. Seems to be worth following for my dad just saying. And through the process of osmosis, that's how you impress them on your children. You, you, you take every opportunity that is just naturally there to show that your walk with God is genuine and authentic. It doesn't have to be perfect. doesn't have to be perfect at all. But is it authentic? Is it real? Or are you just going through the motions because kids can smell it a mile away. <laughs> if it's fake and phony, well, it's fake and phony to them. Because they have an authenticity Uh, gauge that's very, very sensitive and they can smell it, whether or not it means anything to you whatsoever. Well, for Moses, he's saying you take every opportunity that you have that presents itself and you deliberately use that moment to try and show your children God. And today it's easier than ever because, you know, we can criticize the electronics all we want, but you can use them for a positive thing too. Now you get the Bible on the screen. Even when kids are little, you get them a little, little kid's Bible for nothing, for free with all his pictures and all this cool stuff for them to start engaging in the Bible and engaging in the very law that Moses is talking about uh, now in the 21st century using all of this cool tech. So you are leaving an influence behind. The question is, what influence are you leaving? So back to Vader. Well, Vader left an influence, didn't he? Those of you who know the story. wasn't a real good influence, I suppose. But where did Luke and Leia get the force from? You Star Wars fans? Go, Where did they get the force from? They got it from Papa. They got it from Vader, right? They inherited the thing from, from their evil dad, right? From Darth Vader, from Anakin Skywalker. I feel like I'm talking to a wall here. Have you seen the movie series? Or is this like a bad illustration altogether? Have I lost you altogether? Right, so in the story, at least in the the formation of the story, there is two children, twins, fraternal twins. They inherited this force thing from guess who? From dad. That's a spiritual influence. And what does Darth Vader try to do to his son? He says, come to the dark side, right? He's trying to impress him. He's trying to get him to persuade him, to influence him. You've got to come to this dark side. You don't realize the power of the dark side and blah, blah, blah. What's he doing? It's a spiritual influence that that this character is trying, but it's the wrong spirit, right? So that's why I'm saying you're going to leave an influence behind, whether it's godly whether it's ungodly, it's something. Your kids are watching, your kids are smelling, your kids are seeing, your kids are touching, your kids are tasting. Their five senses are alive and well and they are watching you, dad. What spiritual influence are you going to leave behind? The greatest gift you can give your children, listen to me, dads and dads to be, the greatest gift you can give your children is Jesus. It's a relationship with God. It is the, the clear presentation of the gospel that they can reach out to the same Jesus that God, God help you, that you did too. That's the greatest gift that you can leave behind. I don't care if you have no money, if you're dirt poor all your life, you're struggling all your life financially to make ends meet, blah, 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 all these problems. If you give your kid Jesus, you gave your kid everything. Everything. Don't, Don't lose that opportunity or that moment You're leaving an influence behind. Is it a spiritual influence? Is it a godly spiritual influence? And finally, uh, we are called, and this is not just for dads, this is for moms too, but again, we're speaking a little more to dads today, to coach and to correct. I'll put it that way, to coach and to correct. So this, again, today in today's culture, I mean, you can get arrested (laughs) for disciplining your kids. It's crazy out there. I mean, heaven forbid you actually use some type of physical, you know, we used to call this, what, corporal punishment, or I don't know what you even call it today, because you just say the words and someone's calling the cops, right? If you, you, you pop your kid on the, you know, on the backside of his front, and you, the wrong person sees it, and you, you, could get the, you could get the Department of Youth Protection after you. Like it's crazy out there. And, and parents are so afraid these days to correct their kids, to discipline their kids. I mean, and what happens is when you don't do that for your kids, your kids run wild. Wild. Because there's no boundaries. There's no barriers. There's no protection. There's nothing. Um, again, uh, James Dobson comes to mind and Dobson uh, says it this way. He says, you know, when you, when you tell your child uh, don't cross this line and they always cross it. Do you know why they cross it? He argues And, and, and this is his argument his uh, he says they cross it because they're testing you to see if you love them or not That's why they're crossing it what they're doing is they're saying does my in this case father Love me enough to punish me when I step across the line or is he going to do nothing if he does nothing then that child is not necessarily assured of the parent's love. But if the parent says, I told you not to cross that line, you cross that line, now there's going to be consequences and here are those consequences, whatever they may be. Then the child has a sense of boundaries, Dobson would argue, a sense of boundaries, a sense of protection, a sense of my parent here, who did, they love me because they have corrected me, because they have disciplined me. I am not calling a lawyer, I'm not calling the Department of Youth Protection, (laughs) but I'm thankful that my father loves me, you see, and we're called to coach and to correct. So uh, jumping to the New Testament here, great coaching verses, Uh, this is from Colossians, you see the same type of thing in Ephesians. These are letters that Paul wrote from prison. We talked about this last week a bit. Look, look what he says to the Colossians. And, and, in, and in, in the context, he, he's saying this is how you're to behave in various kinds of relationships uh, when you're in Christ. This is what he says to fathers. Again, it could apply to parents, mothers as well. But today we're focusing a little more on the dads. Fathers, do not embitter your children. Or they will become discouraged. You know how many kids become bitter because of their dads? Just think of them. Just think of of the people who you work with who have told you that story. That same old, tired old story. Kids who become embittered because their fathers made them bitter. How? Sometimes it's trying to make that child into something that that child could never be. You know, when we tell our kids, you can do anything in the world as long as you put your mind to it. You can do anything. Nothing is out of bounds as long as you put your mind to it. Who do you think your kid is? God? You've got to know who your kid is, and you've got to see, see your kid move in the zone that God created them in. Not, don't tell them they can be the President of the United States or something. I mean, they're not even born in the U.S., don't tell them you can do anything you want as long as you set your mind to it. That you're, you know what you're going to do? You're going to, you're going to, potentially anyway, you're going to create a scenario where you're trying to get your kid to be something so that it pleases you. And, and that kid's going to reach and reach and reach and in some cases never get there. And that kid's going to become more and more and more bitter because they were never able to do what their dad thought that they could do. They could never reach high enough. They could never be smart enough. They could never get the highest grade. They could never be the prime minister or the president. They could never do it. Even though dad said you can do anything you want. What's wrong with you? Just put your mind to it. Maybe it should be. Here's the way that God wired you. Run. Here's the way that God wired you. Teach. Here's the way that God wired you. Play. Here's the way that God wired you. Do this in life. This, this is what I see. This is how God has wired you, and this is what he's made you to be. Do it. Don't do it for me. Don't do it for... Do it for God, you see. And this is what we've got to do, dads. We've got to see how are the, how is this child wired. They're not wired like you, necessarily. They may, their wiring may be totally, totally different. Are you secure enough, dad, to handle that? Or are you going to embitter your child trying to make them into something that they can never be? and something that God may not ever want them to be. The question is, what does God want them to be? Do you see it, dad? Can you perceive it? Can you discern it? Can you help them run in that thing? Can you help them go in that path? You know the old proverb, train up a child? The, 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 a, w- a way of reading it, train up the, a child in his way, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Meaning, most probably, train up the child in the way that God has wired them. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. They're going to fall in love with that way, and they're going to fly. They're going to spread their wings, and they're going to fly because they discovered their purpose and their plan in life, what God hardwired them to be from the beginning. Fathers, don't embitter your children. That's bad coaching. Or they will become discouraged. Ephesians chapter 6, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Oh, I'm trying to please this guy. I'm trying to please my father and he's never pleased. It's exasperating trying to get his approval. There's so many kids reaching for their dad's amen and they never get it. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. What is it that God wants of this kid? What is it that God has created them to do? Maybe it's totally uninteresting to you. Maybe it's totally boring to you. Maybe you just say, this is so blah. It's blah to you. It's not blah to God. Are you secure enough, dad, to not exasperate your kid? Are you secure enough to not embitter your kid? Are you secure enough to bring them up in the training, in the instruction of the Lord, my son? This is what God has on your life? Do you, do you call it out of your kids? Do you stir up those gifts in your kids that they would be encouraged, not exasperated and embittered? And do you correct them? When they walk across the line, what do you do about it? <laughs> nothing? Because if you do nothing, then it's like, oh man, where's the, where's the boundaries here? Where's the love here? Where's the protection? Where's the security? Hebrews chapter 12, uh, Paul, or maybe Paul, writing to uh, uh, this, this group of believers, presumably they're Jewish people, and he's got a whole you know, litany of stuff there in chapters 1 to 12, and he's concluding the, the, this, this epistle here. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Referring to Jesus there. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? Quoting from the Proverbs. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. Same illustration, James Dobson, when they walk across the line, is there going to be a consequence because those who God accepts as his children, he will correct them. He will discipline them. And he says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. And then he makes an assumption for what children are not disciplined by their father. Well, he should come to the 21st century. He may be surprised. What children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, in other words, if something doesn't happen to you when you cross the line, and he says everyone undergoes discipline, again, he's assuming it, then you are not legitimate. You're not true sons and daughters at all. And he says that would be absurd. So, moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. Again, he's making an assumption. Some of you grew up in contexts where your, your, your father had no clue how to discipline you. Your father may have been abusive. Your, your father may have been physically abusive and had no clue. Again, there's an assumption here. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? They disciplined us, our human fathers, for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Those of you who you, you, you figured out how to properly discipline your kid, well, your kid's not going to like it. They're not going to like it when you impose a consequence for stepping across the line. They, they might really dislike you for a temporary period of time. Are you prepared for that? Are you secure enough to handle that? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So you have to, dads, you have to have consequence when you the line. That's how they learn right from wrong. That's how they know that you love them. And I don't care how you do that, but it has to be done in a healthy way. A healthy way. If you can, in a healthy way, you know, uh, 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 use your, what do they call it? Anyway, you use a physical thing, you know, the hand of learning on the, I forget what you call it. Uh, yeah, spanking, but there's a funny way of saying it. It's not coming to, it, if you can do that and you can do that in a healthy fashion, I'm not going to arrest you. Okay, but if you can't and you're not able to do that, well, find a consequence that you're able to impose. Take the screen away. I don't know. Stop the data, the data plan. I don't know. Ground them. I don't know. But there must be a consequence. And you have to do it in a healthy fashion. When you do that, you're assuring your child. That you love them. And those of you who have grown children that are healthy now and that have healthy relationships now and healthy marriages now, you know what I'm saying is true. You know that those moments when you disciplined your kid, you were sowing seeds for their future health, for their future healthy relationships, their future healthy marriages, and their future healthy children. Don't you realize the ability that you have, dads, in such a small, small amount of time you get your kids for whatever, they're going to be in your house for 20 years. Maybe today, I don't know, today <laughs> they're coming back home and they're there in their 40s. Okay but, okay, but that's a joke, you're supposed to laugh at that. So the people on Facebook are laughing. So anyway, uh, if they're still watching, that's a joke too. Uh, so <laughs> you, you only have them for a short amount of time. Do you realize what you can do in that short amount of time? So you look you look at Darth Vader. He's an interesting character, you know, cuz at the end of his life he he has this moment of redemption, right? And, and the, the, he's in this battle uh, uh, with his son, you know, in the next movie, Return of the Jedi, there. And he's in this battle and they're in front of the Emperor. He's like the ultimate bad guy of the, of the bad side of the Force. You know, he's the ultimate with the teeth and all this, really bad guy. And the black hood and everything. So he's the bad, bad, bad guy. I would play the clip, but it's a little, you know, he's really bad guy. He's coming back, by the way. Those of you Star Wars guys, the Emperor's coming back in the next movie. I feel like I'm talking to a stone here. I'm just saying Palpatine is coming back in the next movie. You heard it here first. All right. If you watch the trailer, you hear his his laugh. I do follow popular culture. Okay. Even though I'm a pastor, I do follow it. He is coming back in the next movie. In six months, you'll say, Pastor Joe prophesied it all along. So they're in front of the emperor, and the emperor is saying, Yeah, you're, you're feeling it, Luke. You're going over to the dark side. You're killing your father. You're starting to beat him with this lightsaber. You're mad. You're angry. You're sweating. The veins are coming. Do you feel that hatred? Do you feel that force pulsing through your veins? You know, he's trying to get him to kill his own father. And he cuts his father's arm off and his father's, you know, lying there begging for his life. And it's, it's going to be over. And then Luke says, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then, and then the emperor, he says, you know what? you're not going to do it, then you will perish. And he takes his hands, there's all this electricity coming out of his hand, you know, with the teeth, and with the teeth, and, you know, and he's he's going to wipe out Luke, and you see the, the, you know, all the smoke on Luke's body, and he's crying, Daddy, Daddy, help me, you know, and Father, help, and Darth Vader's lying there on the ground with smoke all over him, and he's all, he's a mess, and help, help, and then, and then you see, you see the Emperor, he's really starting to get, these going to kill Luke and he's, you know, all the, the, the blue stuff coming out of his hands. And, and then Vader gets up and he stands up and he stands next to the emperor and he's watching. And the camera goes on Vader, the camera goes on the emperor and Vader is looking like this. Of course, he has no emotion with the mask, but you see the cameras and you're wondering, oh, wait a second, wait a second, Vader is going to do something here. And sure enough, he he he, he in a moment of redemption... He picks up the evil emperor and he throws him down into the, the abyss of electricity or whatever and, and a big thing of smoke comes up in the air and the emperor lets out this ghastly cry and he's the emperor's dead and, and Darth Vader redeemed himself and he takes off his mask and he looks like such a nice old guy underneath the mask and, and then he goes into the oblivion of the force or whatever and he redeems himself at the end is great redemption. Like, don't be a Darth Vader dad. Don't wait for the last moment to redeem yourself. It's not a movie. You're living life, okay? Don't wait for the last moment. Oh, yeah, I'll get to it later. Oh, I'll spend more time with my kid later. Oh, I'll teach them about God later. Oh, I'll do this later. I'll coach them and correct them later. No, you won't. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You have no clue what could happen. Don't wait. It's not a movie. You're not waiting for some moment with the sun going down beautifully. And the, It's not a Hollywood movie. It's life. So you need to take the moments that you have now. Coach them. Correct them. Be a spiritual influence and spend quality time with your children. I'd like the band if they would come back.